Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So, have you ever asked yourself why all the adverts have beautiful people in the advertising? Uh, now, for those of you that have not seen me, uh, you'll know that I've got a face for radio or maybe even podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it true that sex sells? And here to answer that question is... Oh, I'm introducing myself now. Hi, I'm, I'm well, Ryan well, Hamilton. Could be introducing yourself. You could have a picture up of yourself. That would be even better. Uh, I'm Ryan Hamilton, apparently um, expert on sex for the purposes of this particular podcast episode. Um, yeah, this is going to be a very short version, I guess. <laughs> right, well, and I, I think I've said everything I, I'm uh, qualified to say on the topic. So um, thank you for joining us today. We had no, we are we're going to talk today about evolutionary psychology um, and how it, it applies to kind of marketing and um, customer experience. Um, you know, Colin went uh, straight to the most interesting angle on evolutionary psychology, which is uh, sexual drives and sexual motives. But it is more broad than that. Um, sure. uh, so we're going to we're going to talk through this. It's been kind of a, a popular approach to understanding people. I, I want to start by throwing a big wet blanket, though, over the whole idea of evolutionary psychology um, as it's applied. Uh, I, there's some great science on this topic, and we are going to get to some of it. Um, but there's also a lot of kind of pseudoscience and chicanery that's going on there. So uh, the biggest problem with evolutionary psychology, usually from non-scientists, although even some scientists are kind of sloppy in this, there's this idea that, oh, well, if I can tell a story that relates somehow back to caveman days, then um, that's evolutionary psychology and I'm done. So that, let me give you the most egregious example of this that I heard. Um, I once heard somebody explain to me with a straight face that the reason that men are attracted to women who wear short skirts is because, you know, back in caveman days, if women wore long skirts, then they'd be more likely to trip. And that would, if they were holding a baby or were pregnant, that would then damage the baby. Ergo, it's the case. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just, the logic is, overwhelmingly compelling right so therefore men like women in short skirts that is balderdash that is garbage there, there's no science involved there so um there's this uh this uh, notion in in scientific communities uh called just so theories um and it comes back to this um book that was written by rudyard kipling it was kind of a uh a children's storybook where he created these fanciful stories about how the animals got their particular features. So elephants used to have short noses, but then one day an alligator grabbed an elephant by the nose. And as they struggled and struggled, it stretched out the elephant's nose. And so therefore elephants have long noses. Um, and this is the approach that a lot of people take to scientific or to, to evolutionary psychology. It's like, Oh, well, I can tell you a story about why this is the way it is. That is bad. Don't do that. Do not do that. I presume that evolutionary psychology has come from the fact that as humans have evolved, so has our, our minds. Yes and no. So um, one of the, the big insights is around um, it's, it's based on this idea that you mentioned that, that, that people adapt to their surroundings, adapt to their environments. So, you know, if, if we've got an environment that um, 
encourages a certain type of decision making in this from the standpoint that if you don't make decisions in this way, then you don't survive or don't mate, then yeah. yes, that decision making will tend to be you know reinforced over time. Where people get, get evolutionary psychology wrong is that it is an extremely slow process. So when we're talking about the forces that shape our decision making, we're talking about things that happened on the time span of tens of thousands of years ago or more. So, you know, what were the forces that were in existence when we were, you know, as human beings out on the savanna and, and just kind of in caves? Like those are the forces that shape evolutionary psychology, not what's going on over the last hundred years. So the Darwin Awards, have you ever heard of the Darwin Awards? Yes. Um, <laughs> enlighten our listeners if they haven't. These are delightful. Darwin Awards are great. Um, just Google it. Um, but they are awarded to the people who have managed to kill themselves in the most ridiculous manners, manner possible and thus are contributing towards the gene pool because they've eliminated themselves. Yes. Which, are, uh, which is really good. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the Darwin Awards points to one of the two major evolutionary forces that um, kind of uh, encourage um, genetic trends. So one is uh, uh, natural selection, this idea that some people are just more prone to survive than others based yeah. on their genetic fitness or, or the way they make decisions. Uh, and the other is sexual selection. The idea is that uh, certain characteristics or certain uh, decisions that we make make us more attractive to uh, mates and therefore more likely to produce and therefore more likely to pass those tendencies on to the next generation. Sure. All right. So, so when we say basic instincts then, so if we're looking about understanding customers' basic instincts or a person's basic instincts, what, what would be a basic instinct? Good. So um, I'm going to draw most. Yeah, go ahead. I said, sorry, did that give you a good lead in? Uh, yeah, that was that was an excellent transition point. Uh, Colin, well, I you have been... mentioned anything, then people would have known that it was going to be a seamless transfer between us. No, they would have assumed that your ancestors were just selected to make conversational transitions yeah. really well. To interrupt people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's how you, your ancestors survived on the savannah was, uh, uh queuing people up for transitions. Yes. Excuse me before you kill that leopard. Can I just have a word with you? <laughs> that was what you added to the tribe and it was appreciated. <laughs> Not by many, but oh, yeah, here you go. Um, so I'm, I'm going to center our discussion today, uh, around a really great book. If you're interested on, uh, in learning more about evolutionary psychology, if you're interested in this topic, it's a book called The Rational Animal, um, and it's by two psychologists, uh, Kenrick and, are you ready for this? Grish Kavegis. Ah. Um, yes, he's of Russian ancestry. Um, Vlad Grish Kavegis. Uh, I'm friends with Vlad. He's, he teaches at the University of Minnesota, and I've, I've literally had a tutorial session with him where we sat down together and he, he worked with me on how to pronounce his name because um, it's not easy. I will not spell it for you. But the rational animal should be able to find it. Uh, and, and Kenrick uh, and Vlad, they uh, they identified seven kind of uh, goals, uh, these these instinctual goals that we have that um, uh, facilitate surviving and reproducing and so have been selected for over time. So when you talk about these base instincts, these are the seven that they focus on. I won't claim that these are, you know, all of the base instincts um, that, that affect people. There certainly are more, but these are the ones that have been uh, uh, associated with 
evolutionary psychology research, right? So here are the seven. Uh, self-protection, disease avoidance, uh, affiliation, so being in a community and, and being having relationships with others, status, uh, mate acquisition, mate retention, and kin care, caring for other people, especially the young. Um, so when we talk about uh, evolutionary psychology in terms of kind of motivating behavior, this is one way of understanding that. Um, can we anticipate that these seven goals are likely easily activated in everyone, um, as evidenced by the fact that, that we're here, that our ancestors survived to produce us? These are goals that are likely to be activated or easily activated in everyone given a set of circumstances. So as you said, some of those, Ryan, I, I, I was quickly thinking to myself, yeah, I can see that happening um, in, you know, in marketing, in customer experience. I mean, things like maybe we should take each one of these and just see where that would manifest itself. Would that would that make yeah, sense? That'd be great. Um, and we may or may not have time to get through all seven. Are, are there any that jumped out as you as being particularly interesting? Um, yeah, the, 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 the couple of them, really. Um um, well, three or four of them, actually. Self-protection made me sure. start to think about sort of the, the whole fear thing yeah, uh, and and security and, you know, those types of marketplaces, you know. Um, so, so, you know, affiliation made me start to think about membership sites and, mm-hmm. and groups and, 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 and those types of uh, those those types of areas. So yeah. I, I guess you could take virtually any industry and maybe any message uh, uh, and then sort of attach them back to this. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, you can think of this even around as from kind of a, a framing perspective or um, a calibration perspective. So given your industry, uh, given what it is that you're selling and given your target customer, um, kind of which of these subcells, which of these seven evolutionary goals is most likely to be active or easily activated for your particular customer group? And then can you tailor your messaging or your products uh, or your experience around those goals? Why not let Colin and Ryan speak at your next conference? As you can hear, they're great communicators and can get over a message in a simple, inspiring, and humorous way. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. Why yeah, don't we each, each one and yeah. see if we can come up with an industry or a message that you would you would see in each of those areas? Because I'm sure people would like us to repeat those seven because they probably didn't have a pen handy at the time. Oh well, that that would be their mistake. Um, <laughs> comfortable punishing them for their lack of preparation. Uh, keep at it, guys. Come on. All right. So yeah, let's do that. Um, uh, in fact, why don't we start off? I'll, I'll tell you about uh, an academic study and then we can build off yep. of that in terms of uh, yep. good. Uh, so for a self-protection goal, um, the, this one was nice because they actually tested something that was um, it was an advertising perspective. So they they came up with a bunch of ads that either highlighted the popularity or the uniqueness of something so they would you know they came up with a bunch of ads for different products um, and said it was the most popular or said that it was um, the most unique Uh, so for example they came up with two different ads for um, the city of las vegas Um, and in one they talked about las vegas being um, uh, uh, visited by 30 million people each year right so this is part of the ad for the, the tourism campaign in las vegas 
they created a different version of the ad where it said um, Las Vegas allows you to stand out from the crowd, right? So this is kind of a, a uniqueness appeal. Both of these things are probably true to a certain extent. So if you're prank trying to promote Las Vegas as a tourist destination, which of these should you choose? And they argued uh, in this research that um, the goal state, the evolutionary goal state that you have active will determine which of these two appeals is, is more compelling to you. So they activated either a self-protection goal um, or a mate acquisition goal by having people watch video clips before evaluating the ads. Um, so in one case, uh, they had them watch a clip from Before Sunset. Um, I don't know if you remember this movie. It was a, um, kind of a, a sappy romance movie with Ethan Hawke, and he meets up with this uh, with this woman, and they, they tour Europe. It's just supposed to be very romantic. What? Or they had them watch a clip from The Shining, uh, where Jack what? Nicholson is chasing his family with an axe. Yeah. Okay, so... Watching The Shining was designed to kind of induce this self-protection goal. Now you're a little nervous, you're a little on edge. If you have this self-protection goal, you are much more likely to prefer messaging that had to do with popularity. So if you're a little nervous, something that makes you feel better is being surrounded by 30 million of your closest friends. And so that makes Las Vegas seem nice. If you're yeah. in this mate acquisition goal, then you want to seem unique. You want to stand out from the crowd so that your potential mate will choose you. Right, And so... The uniqueness um, appeals there. Limited edition, one of a kind, think different, stand out from the crowd. Those were appealing to, to that group. Yeah, so, and, and when you start to think about it, self-protection, I guess, starts getting into industries like, as we mentioned, security and even um, guns and yeah. uh, I guess even sort of uh, virus protection and cyber protection and all that type of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, you can also think about the context in which your messaging is going to be uh, received. So, you know, if you're running an ad during The Walking Dead, um, you know, it's reasonable to assume that your your uh, potential customers are kind of more nervous. If you're running your ad during a, an economic downturn or some other time when people are on edge or, or nervous, you might anticipate yeah. that something emphasizing popularity would, yeah. would be more likely to achieve this goal of feeling protected. And I guess pharmaceutical ads as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of pharmaceutical products are very much around um, self-protection. Yeah. Yeah. And the mate acquisition one, then I guess the two industries that popped in my mind was um, fashion. Um, and um, what is um, just the, the dating sites and all yeah. those type of things absolutely um, so if you were running a dating site or if you're running ads on a dating site anything having to do with uniqueness appeal uh, would would be uh, um, attractive to somebody uh, with a mate acquisition goal because if, you, if you've got a goal of uh, acquiring a mate then you want to stand out from the crowd you want to be unique and different so i guess again just trying to put my practical hat on if you're trying to send a message out and you're or you're in an industry and you want to appeal to customers basic instincts you should be trying to think through one of these seven areas or more than one of these seven areas okay. and, um so i look attractive with a gun maybe uh, mm -hmm. or something like that um but um you want to think through these seven areas um and try to tie your message back right 
Yeah, that's right. So, and, and you know, even the general adage that uh, that sex sells, I mean, that's usually true. The mate acquisition goal is, is fairly easy to activate, even in people who are not actively seeking a mate. Um, that goal is still latent and can be activated there, but not all the time. Uh, there's been research showing that people who are in dedicated relationships are uh, much less influenced by uh, sexual appeals. Um, it can still grab your attention, but in terms of kind of persuading you or making the message more attractive, um, it doesn't work as well. So to your point, can we can we do better than assuming just basic base instincts? Can we instead get more specific in trying to, to determine, well, which base instinct um, is most likely to, to be influential here? Sure, sure. So the other one that, that um, the other one that uh, came to my mind was the affiliated. Yeah. So um, part of the the goal. So uh, one of the running themes of this podcast, as we go through research in psychology and consumer psychology, is just how cruel um, psychologists can be in their experiments. Um, the this one experiment they. Um, they asked people they wanted to to activate either uh, an affiliation goal or uh, not. And and one of the ways you can activate this affiliation goal um, so that people want to affiliate with others is if they're feeling socially rejected. So if you feel kind of rejected by others, then that will usually activate this desire to, you know, uh, adhere to other people and, and have friends. So they um, they brought these these people in for this study on what they called group dynamics, and they had everybody meet, and then they they sent them all out into separate rooms, and they said, okay, so we want to pair you up with somebody that you would um, get along with for this next part. So go ahead and list off two or three people from the group that you just met that you think that you would get along with well, um, and then they um, they came back to everybody, and and everybody got the same message that they said, look, we couldn't pair you with anyone, and the reason was. And here's where it changed. Some people were told the reason is we can't pair you with anyone because everybody listed you as being somebody they thought they could work with. You were just so popular. That, that, that was, was yeah. This is this is uh, Colin was in this condition. You're just yeah. too popular, Colin. You keep interrupting people and transitioning, and it's just so attractive to other people that they can't stand it. The other group of people were told we can't pair you with anyone because no one listed you. <laughs> no one wants to be your partner um a few people like that yes uh, now again these were randomly assigned so this is not actual feedback afterwards they told people it's fine we made this up but that manipulation caused people to either feel really good about themselves or to not feel and so then uh, they said well since we can't pair you up with people we're going to have you do this different task they set them at a computer and they showed them a bunch of faces, female and, and male faces, um, and they asked them to rate those faces on a bunch of scales. So how nice does this person look? How friendly do they look? How attractive? How desirable? Uh, these faces were pre-tested to be neutral. So they, they pre-tested and picked faces specifically that were neither attractive nor unattractive or nice or not nice. They were just kind of middle of the road on everything. If you had just been excluded if you felt like nobody liked you, then when you evaluated these faces, you rated them significantly higher in terms of oh, this person looks nice, this person looks friendly, this person looks attractive. So having that affiliation goal active caused you to want to kind of seek out other people and look for opportunities to connect, right? This person 
seems more like somebody I could talk to and, and get along with because I have this strong need because no one loves me. So they were more actively looking for that. Yeah, exactly. So because how, how I, what can I go and do and say that would make me uh, be more, um, uh, be more not attractive, but be more uh, acceptable or whatever. That's right. Yeah. More likely to connect with other people. One of those things would be, do I see opportunities to connect with other people? We're so pleased that you're listening to this episode of The Intuitive Customer. As a listener, we want to offer you a free download of Colin's ebook, Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. Take advantage of this free offer being made available only to listeners of this podcast. Do it now. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast and follow the link for the free book. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. So again, we can, I mean, we can tie this into specific industries in terms of if you've got somebody who is, you know, on a, a dating website or, or um, some kind of social uh, exchange website, you know, there may be a chance that they have this affiliation goal active. And so are you providing them, uh, are you leveraging that insight? Are you recognizing that they may be in a state where they're going to want to connect with other people? Um so um, let me ask you a few broader questions because um, we are um, uh, unconscious of time. Yep. Um, the and, and I think one thing we need to do before we end is um, to just read out the list again. Um, but um, are we saying that basic instincts are more powerful? Should we be in, should we be focusing on more basic instincts because they're more powerful? They're more direct. Are they quicker? to to get customers to respond uh it this is a good question i don't think so um the way that i would think about this is as hidden motives or hidden goals so a lot of marketing a lot of um customer experience management is trying to figure out and articulate what are my customers motivations what's really driving their behavior uh, a lot of people's motivations are very accessible and, and top line and you can ask somebody you know why did you seek us out today why did you call in why did you buy this and they can give you some reasons and some of those will be obvious and, and accurate and, and that can provide some good information i think what evolutionary psychology adds to this is a lot of times in addition to those uh, top line obvious motivations we have these other hidden motivations that are you can almost think of them as hardwired into our systems. Um, we all have these goals that are just waiting to be activated depending on the setting that we're in. And so if we are socially rejected at any point, then that affiliation goal is going to activate and motivate us to do things. Are we aware that it happens that way? Sometimes, but sometimes not. Sometimes it's just something that goes on in the background. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to the, um, the example of The Walking Dead. Uh, have you ever seen that uh, yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Familiar with it? yeah. It's a zombie show uh, for yeah. our customers or for our listeners who haven't seen it. Uh, there was one national uh, jewelry chain. I can't remember which one it was. If it was K Jewelers or Zales, but they had this um, uh, commercial that they'd been running, where it's a a man with a balloon and he's walking through the city and he he gets to the the window of who you assume is his girlfriend. And she looks out and she sees him standing on the sidewalk with the balloon. And, and then you see behind his back, he's holding a um, a jewelry box, right? And so it's this very nice romantic ad. 
and the um, you can assume that there would be an, a made acquisition goal that would go along with that. Uh, they created though a custom version of this ad, same ad that they'd been running everywhere to run during The Walking Dead, and it was the same ad mostly, but but the first few seconds of the ad as he's walking through the city. He sees zombies climbing out of the bushes and then he like runs away from them and then it transitions back into the uh, regular ad as it goes. It was very bizarre and I'm not using it as an example of this done well, but it was an example of uh, a firm that was aware of kind of the context, the broader context in which their communications would be received. So yeah. uh, if you're running ads during The Walking Dead, if you're running ads during uh, national football games. You're running ads during, um, you know, a, a certain period of of uh, the year. You ask people about what's motivating them. They probably won't be able to tell you that that's motivating their behavior. But if you know that sometimes we've got these hidden motivations, can we build on that? Can we use that to give us an edge? Yeah. No. Good point. Good point. So maybe Ryan, we could just um just sign off by um. Uh, can you just read out again the uh what those um. Uh, what those goals are uh, sure. just in case people didn't have a pen. I'm sure they have now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the, these are, again, these are from uh, the book, the rational Ash animal. Um, and they actually arrange them in, in a hierarchy towards the end of the book where they say, uh, this is the most basic. And then it, as we um, move up, we get to kind of higher order of these goals. So the most basic goal that we have is self-protection. Can we keep ourselves alive and safe? Uh, from there, we can move up to disease avoidance. So can we, you know, move away from things that um, we're afraid might make us sick? Um, and then from there, we can move up to affiliation and then to status and then to mate acquisition and then mate retention. And at the, the very top um, is kin care. Uh, so can we care for uh, our children, uh, those of our tribe, uh, those of the young in general? Great. Well, you got it. Good. And I don't think I've said this before on this podcast, but um, we do a blog of the podcast um, uh, afterwards. Uh, so um, a few, few days after the podcast is launched, uh, there will be a blog on our website. So if you want to refer to that, then please just go to uh, beyondphilosophy.com uh, uh, blog. And you'll see a few days after uh, this has been released, you'll see all of those uh, detailed there. So you can um, you can reference it, uh, reference it there. So um, those of you who are slackers and didn't have a pen available. Correct. Right. We're, we're facilitating who are commuting at this precise moment in time. And we don't. I don't, don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the excuses. <laughs> Um, so if you've enjoyed this, uh, then uh, please um, uh, do do a review. It really does help or tell a friend. If you haven't enjoyed it, then this is um, not the Intuitive Customer Podcast, some <laughs> other podcast. <laughs> uh, so thanks very much for joining us this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks very much. Thank you. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.